and for the last time this series potentially ever, who the hell knows, we are in the tropical climes of the Tiki Lounge. I am, <laughs> I am Chris. I'm Christy. Christy is with us. And we've decided we need to bring out the heavy hitters. So this is going to be an extra long episode. There's going to be a couple of different parts of this. We're rotating our hosts. Oh, yeah. We're in such demand. We're rotating our hosts. Even I came out of the woodwork. Yeah, you did. Well done, and thank you for that. We, we appreciate it. Now, I came now, out of the tiki work. Now, exactly, came out of the tiki work. And, by the way, hopefully you've seen our review. <laughs> the best our review on ever. iTunes, which says that, let me guess, white people appropriating, appropriating goods from the islands leave our stuff alone. So obviously they've been listening to it. And, and, and furthermore, I'd like to work out how to do an entire podcast just on tiki's. Um, that could be fun. Look, if I'm going to culturally appropriate anything, it's going to be tiki's. And, and to do that, mm-hmm. we needed to bring in the really big heavy hitters for the finale. Indeed. Now, he's the man, as, as, as Steve Malk put it last week, the man that they're actually clamoring for when he was on, Ben Pobji. How are you going? Oh, I feel bad. <laughs> now, you, you, you were what they were clamoring for. Ask Steve. He'll tell you. <laughs> so I don't want him to know that though. No, 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 no. He knows that. He was the one who told us. So <laughs> <laughs> And be that as it may. We are. Here we, we are. Finished. It's great. It's good to finally be here. It is great to have you on because we finished Survivor. How the fuck I know. And for so long it seemed just we we just assumed that it would never finish. I just thought we were gonna just leave them on the island forever, which again I was cool with. It was that long we changed well, time for, for a moment I thought that that had actually happened. You know, Jonathan said, but I'm going to count the votes in Australia. And he walked off and it's like, oh, they're just leaving them there. <laughs> Excellent. I'm going to count the votes. I'll send you some mail. Jonathan will, Jonathan will announce the winner. You can claim your prize if you can get back. No, one of you will get the money to get back. I'm sorry <laughs> you've stayed on this island too long. The Australian government now classes you. You're going to Nauru. <laughs> You're going to Nauru. <laughs> <laughs> going to send the Survivor contestants to Nauru. I bet, um, I bet, I bet uh, asylum seekers really love watching Survivor. Yeah. They really, they really love watching people sort of play act at being refugees. Yeah, they like, yeah. The, <laughs> they like the idea of sitting there and going, yeah, because every couple of weeks we get a reward coming from the major sponsor KFC as well. <laughs> it really is that poverty tourism, you know, like yeah. I've just come from the eastern suburbs where I eat every day and have a roof over my head, but I'm just <laughs> going to come out here and slum it with you guys. Oh, look how adorable. There's a fire. <laughs> it's a yeah, how, you know, Michelle, before she left, she said, oh, when I left, I thought it was just going to be a holiday. And it's like, well... <laughs> I feel like there should be some kind of rule where producers are allowed to automatically eliminate anyone who says something too stupid to deserve to be there. And we, like, no, you're out now. You don't get to go to tribal. <laughs> and we need to, we need to cover the, the stupidity that has been the last couple of, of episodes leading in because we haven't got to. There's been so much stupid in the last couple of days. Piling <laughs> we'll up. up. We're going to be with, oh, we'll cover it quickly because, you know, you've all seen it. Or if you haven't seen it, why the fuck are you listening to this, really? So, <laughs> this is more interesting. Maybe, maybe some people just listen to it. It's a Dada's thing, you know. I want, it's like, I don't like, it's the realism. You listen to a podcast without having any idea what they're talking about, and it's just this wonderful well, ASMR kind of. <laughs> well, we actually have that with the washing up. We actually have, <laughs> with the washing up, we have people that didn't watch MasterChef or Bake Off Australia. But listen yeah. to the Washing Up podcast. People read my recaps without watching the shows and they're like, this is better. 
<laughs> we just expanded to New Zealand as well. We got chatting with a nice couple at a wedding on this on Sunday and she was like, oh, podcasts, I want to listen to those. So if you happen to be listening to our Survivor podcast, I thought, Kiora. Anyway, so the first bad move that was made, um, we'll, we'll start with Jericho not winning a music. Casting Jonathan LaPaglia. <laughs> I, look, I'll defend LaPaglia, especially in this series, I'll defend LaPaglia because... <laughs> Only with what facial else? hair, though. Yeah, we're only with facial hair. Without facial hair, it looks creepy. But, but the, with the facial hair, LaPaglia was the only thing holding this series together. I mean, he was, I lived for the moments where LaPaglia, while they were doing a challenge and trying to focus, just inane chatted them to death. I mean, he does look like a robot, though. He does look like he's got, like, five different modes that they just put on. <laughs> like, you know, you know his, his brother, the successful actor, <laughs> Anthony. I imagine, like, like Anthony LaPaglia, but imagine you had Anthony LaPaglia in a, in a video game and you got to modify him, so you just <laughs> you buffed up his body and made him, twi- and, like, stretched him out to be twice as tall. You've gone down, you've gone down to Rifton and you've gone, you can change your person, you can change your yeah. 50 goal. Let's, make, let's, let's really bulk him out so he looks like a wrestler. <laughs> but I like they said Lapalia and name chatting these people to death made a lot of the episodes for me. That, this is actually true, and you got to give. I mean, look, he was under instructions, obviously, to just talk and talk and talk in every situation, make everything him, as long as possible. And they gave him a lot of challenges this year, which were just nobody does anything for three to four hours. The only time yeah. in the whole series I felt sorry for Tara, and I hate the fact that I just said those words. But the only time I felt sorry for Tara was at the very end in that last challenge when Tara had to get down off the pegs. And the whole reason wasn't so much that she was suffering pain, but she just realised she had to sit there and watch the next three hours of nothing. Yes. The games in these last few weeks have been really fucking banal to the point where they did that ball in a hoop game twice. (laughs) It's all It's a kid's party. It's a kid's party. It's like, oh... Shit, they're going wild again. Quick, grab another pass the parcel. <laughs> they, <laughs> they start, well, they, they of Australian Survivor, as well as Australian Survivor being way longer than American Survivor, they start the pure endurance stuff earlier because they don't have the budget to keep building massive mousetrap type things. Well, that's got to be the only reason why they repeated the final challenge was Channel 10 didn't have the budget to keep yeah, anything it's else. Like, hey, that, that totem pole's still sitting up there. Exactly. It's, it's going to be there forever. It's like they could do puzzles or they could actually set up something like a fucking, you know, like simpler obstacle. Go down and grab your local guide leader. Get get Joan. Just get the scouts to come in. Joan could have built one of her um, secret, uh, the puzzle rooms. Just bring Joan back in. She could have built one. Just give them all all crossbows, (laughs) uh, drop them by helicopter in different parts of the island and then see how we go. I yeah. saw a version of that. It's, it's a great movie called Series 7. Anyway. Oh, I, I saw it on The Simpsons with Monty Burns <laughs> in his cabin. <laughs> no, I'd like to see this become Series 7 where everyone gets a gun and the last person alive wins. That'd be great. <laughs> Real survival. But, or as we call it, America. So <laughs> the big mistake, first of all, Jericho, why the hell would you vote Tessa off the jury? That made no sense, especially when... And Henry at Tribal, and we'll come back to Henry in a minute at Tribal because what a man. But (laughs) when Henry at Tribal turned around and said to him, she said straight up, nobody else was a threat to you and your response was to vote her off the jury. Ah. Well, I mean, you're not necessarily going to believe 
what she says. Except for the fact that when you look at who's sitting to your left yeah. and who's sitting to your right and you're Jericho, you're going to go, yeah, no, that's fair. No, no, then, no that's, that's fair. But then Jericho had no idea who to vote. It was, it was like it was, it was the classic pointless reward because he didn't know who to, who to kick off. He didn't know who would give him an advantage. It was just unnecessary stress. Yeah, and it was it was it was a weird it was a weird vote, and it was a weird. I I didn't like that part of it. I did. I really didn't like the voting a jury member off. I really thought that it was shit. Well, well I suddenly realized. I suddenly realized that like the it ended up with nine jury members, which yeah. meant you know best of nine. If there had been ten, there was the risk of a draw. And I wonder if late in the series they realized, hang on, we're going to have oh shit, we've got to dodge that. Yeah, I let's thought make, that might let's have been. make up this idiotic reward where you get to yeah, not actually It wouldn't actually shock me if they accidentally sent too many home and then suddenly realised their mistake. Yeah, exactly. and went, "Oh crap! Um, uh, let's just get rid of one of them, shall Dudes, we?" Dudes, we should have kept. Oh, who was it? AK who just missed out on the jury villa, wasn't it? AK, yeah, AK, AK would have been. I don't, I don't care if it was before Jack, or not. Jack. He should have just been in the jury villa. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 I think you were. I think he was just lurking. <laughs> it was just, it was disguised as a cook. It was off the back. And so that happened. Michelle goes home, thankfully. Um, goes back to the villa and finds a clean version of the same dress that she'd been wearing all fucking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, opens, up, opens up a suitcase. Again, watch the jury villa, people. It's the one thing that really, really does redeem this whole show. Must have been a four for one at the factory outlet. Like <laughs> yeah, She's opened up a suitcase and it's like the same dress comes out. I think the jury villa would be a fantastic setting for uh, a murder mystery. Oh, wouldn't it be? Um, a great who done it. I'm sure where people cool. keep coming into the jury and then getting knocked off. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what they could have they could have just bumped Tessa off instead. Don't vote her off. Just have someone in the villa murder. Yeah. And the second you'll be getting a huge advantage. You get to have <laughs> one member of the jury murdered. The last challenge becomes they've got to work out who done it. Yeah. It could be that CBS come in like Bad Wolf, you know, like it goes a bit <laughs> gross. <laughs> Why um. Why aren't there any murder mystery themed reality shows? Um, I think I think Ben Elton's book, um, Dead Famous, where he kills someone off in a Big Brother house, probably actually cornered. I don't mean I don't mean you have to actually kill someone. I mean like take take your classic murder mystery dinner night. Well, we've done and that. It into we've a show. Done that on Channel Nine. It was called Clue. Um, that was a great show. No, in the pageant. Oh my! I yeah, Ian Fadgen hosting a version of Clue, but a TV miniseries. Was that nineteen ninety? It was nineteen ninety. Yeah. It was actually called Cluedo because Cluedo, this is Australia. Because they didn't. Also, because they didn't want to ruin the the brilliant movie, which is one of my top five movies of all time. Oh, and I, I will it. fight anybody who says it's not. <laughs> anyway, I will fight them. So Michelle goes home, thankfully, but with a car. So life's just not fair. Yeah. Um, She's got an affordable place to sleep in Sydney now. <laughs> Depends on where she parks it. <laughs> really depends on where she parks it, to be honest. Well, you know, after 6pm, everything's pretty good. <laughs> She's got to be out there by 6am. Yeah, most, most of those, most of the $10 parking places. Yeah. <laughs> what does Michelle do? What's her thing? What's her nanny. occupation? She's a, a nanny. nanny on the eastern suburbs. That's, that's right. Dear God. 
She was working in a bridal shop down in Paddington. She's Can you imagine? sort of nanny who will lose a child but won't particularly care. Can you imagine being a child and looking into those dead shark eyes? <laughs> you will fucking get out. I'm just saying. Oh, get God. to fucking school or I will. My, parent, my parents are gone and I'm going to be eaten. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. She's driving me to school in the car. She won on Survivor. That's all you're going to hear. But she won the car on Survivor. <laughs> so so Michelle finally went. That left us with the most underwhelming three people in the history of Survivor. Yeah. Um, and at that point it became Jericho really has to win simply yeah. because. At least he entertained us. I, look, he did something. You can't, like Pete, and, and we've talked about this on Twitter, Ben, we can't even confirm that Pete was necessarily there for the entire series. I'm sure that he wasn't. I'm, I'm sure, sure he took long periods off. I reckon he went and was the person who was test running the jury villa before they went in it. Yeah. <laughs> no, he was out there. I think, I, think, I think he works as the mate to, mate of D at the jury villa. <laughs> He's the bar. I think, he had, I think he every, every day he had to go and work a shift there. <laughs> You're going to pay your way to stay in this game, young man. Off you go. Yeah. He had to go and prepare the reward. He was like the scholarship boy of Survivor. <laughs> yeah, what's it called? He was a work experience kid. <laughs> work experience kid, Pete. I mean, the disappointing part about the challenge with the last three was at least last year they lasted so long they brought the families in and got to emotionally guilt trip everybody. Yeah. This year we didn't even get them up there long enough to emotionally guilt trip them. <laughs> like we I guess did- that is a shame. Yeah, look, I, I, there's nothing like emotionally wrecking a person to make them earn half a million dollars. Yeah, but did we really want... And that's why Christy won last year, because she was emotionally wrecked years before. Exactly. So she okay. built up an immunity. Now, <laughs> now when Jericho won, the, won the, the immunity and got through, you know, for me it was an easy choice, take Pete. Um, and the reason was that Tara gives you that I'm just a mum, simple message. Yeah. Right, yeah. that Mamma Mia, Mia message we've talked I'd about. I'd make a really good Woman's Day article. No, so as we said, between her and Michelle, they're both going to make great associate editors at Mamma Mia. <laughs> if Tara could make up a fucking one, are you just a mum or are you the one that everyone thinks is just a mum but then turns out to be a barrel racer? I still stop, don't know what barrel racing stop. is. I've been trying. Right, do you want me to tell you what barrel racing is? No, I'd, ra- I'd rather keep it in my head as the idea of just in a barrel okay. in water. Um, <laughs> you're, you're, you're way off. But... <laughs> I actually know what barrel racing is. It's that one where you so it looks jump so it over, like, it's jumping over horses uh, with horses and barrels, isn't it? No. It's, it's weaving between barrels on a horse. Like it's. I'd like rather it's, stick with the inner barrel and rowing, to be honest. Because <laughs> I've got this image. If, if for me, if barrel racing was being in a barrel going going in water, that means there's a chance that she could go off the end of Niagara Falls in a barrel. <laughs> I'm I think I think I think you've got to admit that there are a lot of deaths at the average radi- rodeo every year. <laughs> you know what she's going to be doing? Mia Friedman's going to get her in to write a column about the rodeo circuit. <laughs> Women who Mia Friedman's going to get her in to do a column. Children. <laughs> Mia Friedman's going to get her to do a column about how you can achieve the perfect bikini body by living in Samoa on a beach for fifty-five days. Now that's Michelle's column. Um, there's two of them. There's two of them to write columns. Because Michelle looks after kids, Tara has them, because she's a mum, you know. A stay-at-home mum. 
This is the point. I brought it up last last week, but it bears repeating. Every time Tara speaks, I hear the Bill Bailey speaking as a mother. (laughs) (laughs) I I just find the concept of calling yourself a stay-at-home mum like hilarious. Go out as as opposed to the I'll stay at random people's houses, mum. Or the uh, absence. <laughs> well, you know, it's 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 well, like it's like where to say you're a stay-at-home mum because if you're second, it's like that old thing when you when you're quite young and like you know some some people live with their parents for longer than others and so you meet people and they say, uh, do you live at home? And it's like, well, everyone lives at home. Yeah, exactly. Um, do you live at home? <laughs> of course I do. No, no, I live in someone else's house. <laughs> I, 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 I live in a cupboard. They don't know I'm there. Um, I'm actually Harry Potter. But what, what Tara was trying to do, obviously, is is create the impression that it's just unbelievable that she's even there. Like, I'm just a stay-at-home mum. How could a stay-at-home mum do that? Like, Tara is trying to perpetuate the myth that a stay-at-home mum is just good for nothing. And so it's a miracle that a stay-at-home mum could possibly have achieved I, I anything. Stay at home. I, I use that reference loosely. Mums that I know is like a has got is single with four kids, like you know, one with special needs, yeah. all going through stuff. She's like a, a bloody miracle worker going through her own health issues. And I'm like, how the fuck do you keep your life together? Like, yeah, exactly. Put anyone on a Survivor Island to actually succeed, it would be her because she'd know what the <laughs> fuck to do. But that's the thing, isn't it? You say stay-at-home mum, can you believe I'm here? It's like, well, what exact, who exactly do you expect to do well in Survivor? It's like it's a situation that is not replicated in the real world. Yes, exactly. There's no, there's no profession which you're like, oh, yeah, they'll win Survivor because it's not it, – it isn't any – it's just itself. Exactly. It's not like you practice for it. Yeah, yeah. So, so how, did, how did you practice? Well, I knocked my house down and just tried to build a shelter out of the leftover yeah. that I found lying around me. Yeah, we saw yeah. And also, and also I, I, I went door to door just trying to lie to people convincingly. I tried to trick people into becoming my friends and then betrayed them horribly <laughs> in preparation. In Annalise's jury villa, she showed her little package of um, puzzles that she'd used to practice with. And as she said, it got her pretty far. Like, you know, that's what she was good at. Let's so, go with that's what got her. Let's, let's go with that's what got her there. So we get... Did she sold any puzzles? Yeah, well, she, a couple, actually. That was the only thing she did. So, you know, it must have worked. As, I don't as really Michelle, remember Annalise. As Michelle has been saying, again, it took me half the game to work out who she was. But as... <laughs> not as Ziggy. Not Ziggy. <laughs> uh, don't ever start me on Ziggy. I don't want to get on that rant again. But... As Michelle said, if only I'd known that lighting fires might have helped, maybe I would have done it. Like, it's Survivor. How the hell did you? And when in her jury villa, she's reading the note she wrote herself before she went in. And one of the things on the list was learn how to make fire. And she's <laughs> See, like, I, got, I kind of got the impression. It's I kind of got the impression with, with her whole I uh, thought it'd be a holiday that maybe she thought Survivor was a new show just starting this year. Uh, it's uh, like going to audition for MasterChef. And not having like done like you know a, 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 what's it called a shoe pastry or a fucking yeah. like toast toast. <laughs> I've never made toast, toast. But you know what? I'm going to give this MasterChef Master thing a whirl. Let's go. Let's, let's I like go. I like the idea of someone auditioning for MasterChef having spent the last six months obsessively making toast. <laughs> no, and then finding out oh, there's very there is very little toast making on this show. <laughs> they go to they go to MasterChef having having spent their time just doing ready meals in a microwave. Yeah. 
And they're like, they're like Mr. Bean getting, having studied for the wrong subject and he's in the exam. <laughs> like, I concentrated on totally the wrong area. <laughs> and then at the last minute, realising that there were... Oh, hang on. Hang on. I could have been making toast all along. <laughs> wow, I got that wrong. So we get, to the, we get to the jury and he takes Tara with her and then Jericho somehow managed to almost screw up the unlosable. He really did, didn't he? He he did not deal well with the with the interrogation. He didn't own any of the big move that he made, which was Henry. You know, if he doesn't swing in behind the Henry move, it doesn't happen. Yeah. They spent the whole time, because everyone in the jury knows, trying to get him to say, I took Henry out. And yeah. when they went, What was your big move? And he went, The jar of cookies. And everyone's like, <laughs> Oh, you idiot. And then she mentioned... And I'm still angry about the jar of cookies. Aren't, but anyway. we all, aren't we all? But she mentions Lockie and I'm like, well, that didn't happen for four goes, so you can't... <laughs> I love to think, yeah, my big move was I, I came and I said, uh, let's get Lockie out. And then he went one immunity because so, I wanted 15 days without Lockie. And it's like, and then like, I didn't get them because it didn't work. It's like the idea of saying, you know, I killed him. How did you kill him? Well, I waited for old age to do its job. <laughs> um, it's a what I did was I shot at him and I missed. Yeah, um, I just waited for old age to do it. And geez, I threw out. myself into it. And bingo. But so you've got her big move and then Henry stands up and first of all he sounds like he's defending Tara to the hill. Mm. Yeah. But what Henry was doing was first of all proving he should have bloody well won Survivor. And secondly, no, 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 no. And secondly and far more importantly though, what Henry did was then turn around to Jericho and did everything but say the words, tell everybody that you took me out of the game. And eventually yeah. Jericho went, yes, I have your blood on my hands and I'm okay with that. And you can almost yeah. hear the whole jury go, it's about bloody time you got there. <laughs> it's, and it's, it was a funny thing because Jericho, he, he started out, you know, he, he said, oh, my, my whole strategy was to, you know, fool you into all thinking I was much nicer than I was <laughs> and then I wasn't going to be nice to you at all. And then the rest of the time he kept trying to, disown his own <laughs> declared yeah. strategy by saying actually I was so sweet. <laughs> it was really yeah it was it was weird. Was, I'm I'm not nice followed by I really I mean, like doing selfless things for other people. Jericho. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just 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 and and Thomas you know said tonight on on Twitter and he was right he said he got, he got the feeling that Luke had a question and yeah. Luke just abandoned his question to stand up and back Jericho because he realised that Jericho wasn't doing a very good job of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I think, I think that Luke just abandoned asking a question because somebody needed to explain what Jericho did and the only person who can do it is Luke. Although I think it should be so. There were two, I think, um, I think Sarah and Luke didn't ask Tara a question. Yeah. And at the time I thought, well, that's a bit weird. But then I thought they can edit this any way I want. It is possible that they both asked Tara a question and her answer was, I'm a stay-at-home mum. So they cut it out <laughs> because we don't need any more of it. Yeah. I, um, I, I, I think I know where they're coming from because, you know, I've been on TV, love. You know, I've been <laughs> under a pressured situation where I was on video. Not fucking Tom. You're on video. <laughs> You don't understand. No. I do. I've been in that situation. Not Tom Carroll again. We're under pressure. I could have tied for first place. 
and therefore said, what sport does Tom Carroll play? And I just pressed my buzzer and out came golf. That, that is an unfair question because you don't play surfing. <laughs> so they tricked you with the wording. Exactly. <laughs> we'll get in touch. We'll get in touch um, with the good people. It should have been, what sport is Tom <laughs> Carroll famous <laughs> for? That would work. Was it Scott McRae, wasn't it? It wasn't Eden Gaha. It was, it was oh, Look, McRae. they probably could have said famous for, but in my head, you know, it's just very traumatic. We'll appeal. Yeah. Right. We will finally appeal and maybe we can finally end this video nightmare you've been living. However, I am worried that they're then going to demand my second place prize back, which was uh, uh, two copies of the CD by Jeanne and the Soundgarden CD. I can go down to a second. By what? Yeah. <laughs> I'll go down to a second and record shop and find you. <laughs> I really like the Jeanne CD. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? What is the word you're saying? <laughs> If you like the present, just leave it. Live with it, okay? All right. I, I hate the present. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the only one. Now, now, there's one person we haven't mentioned in all of this chaos, and that's Pete. Who are you going to say a debt? No, we don't need to mention a debt. Uh, in this situation, no one does. In this, in this situation, <laughs> we haven't mentioned Pete. No. Anyway, and with good reason. Um, <laughs> look. I got worried that Pete showed more personality for me when he stood up to ask his question at Tribal than he has shown in the whole series. And I don't mean when he asked the question. I mean when he stood up and walked to ask the question. Yes. <laughs> he showed personality. When Here's he the thing, up. right? I criticised Pete on Twitter and I get, you know, the unfortunate thing is you use the hashtag to get your message out, yeah. but that means the people who take the show very seriously and feel like they're best friends with everyone on it reply to you and people are like oh they you know he's a victim of bad editing and it's like no what editing does it they edit you to make you look like a villain or a hero if they edit it so that you're not there at all it just means you've been doing nothing exactly <laughs> if you if you've been doing interesting things good or bad they're gonna put it in yeah, You've well, been doing nothing. That's why you're not in the show. Yeah, well, it was like Tara's, Tara's thing tonight at Tribal when just before she got there she was trying to say that her name being written down 21 different times at Tribal Council and her yeah. surviving 21 Tribal Councils meant that she was a better player than Jericho because he'd only ever had his name written down once. And I'm like, yeah. no, it just means that Jericho didn't piss anybody off and played a yeah. better game than you because he never had to defend himself. It's, it's like if there was, you know, the, the NRL grand final and one coach says, well, you know, we've won every one of our games by one point in extra time and they won all their games by, ten, by 50. So we're the, we're the better team. We've had to deal with that pressure. <laughs> you know? <laughs> It's like we've had closer games than they have. Yeah, we've had closer games. We've lost half our games. They don't know what it's like to lose half their games. We're so much better. Let's not forget, she was actually voted out. Yeah. She was voted out. Remember, Twitter didn't let it forget, by the way. And there were people, and look, I understand some people defending, you know, trying to defend it of, oh, she definitely deserves to be there, and you're wrong if you think otherwise. And look, I get that idea that you're trying to defend it. But in this situation, unfortunately, you're wrong. 
She got voted out and someone wasn't said, even close. Someone said to me, how is it different from having an immunity idol? And I'm like, well, you know, how is it different between what, how is working for a living different from stealing a wallet from a corpse? It's, <laughs> but it's also like you find an immunity idol, you have to go and search for that fucking Yeah, you have to get an immunity idol. You have to know when to play it too. You can't <laughs> play it after the vote happens. <laughs> um, E.G. Ziggy. <laughs> yeah, Ziggy and playing or anyway. Oh, boy. Never has someone had so much of an advantage and messed it up. And it's just like, oh, I can't. Who what was the name of the one? It was in an old, uh, I think it was the American Survivor that the first one that Sandra won. Mm. And she was up against the, the, the Girl Scout lady. Yeah. Or the Boy Scout lady. And, and she was voted out and got to come back because they pulled that stupid twist. And it's like reality shows love the sort of returning eliminee twist. Yeah, and viewers really that. don't like it. No, I mean, and that was, and we saw because that. Because it's like you're breaking faith with us. Well, we saw that, well, we saw that with MasterChef where, you know, yeah. we, had, we had one contestant cop an amazing amount of hatred on Twitter. Not her fault yeah. because she didn't, you know, no, no, no. bring herself back. But because no. the producers brought her back, they put her in a really bad spot. Yeah. And oh, and look, I was gl- I was glad because I because I liked it, but it's not fair. Let's mm. not pretend it's fair for that to and, happen. And the thing was, they voted Tara out in good faith, and then yeah. they went, "Oh, by the way, you haven't voted her out." You know, the, the one that I, there's only one person I felt sorry for really with those twists. Mm. I felt, and, and again, I, I don't believe that she necessarily was was, was worthy of it. But Annalise. Annalise, yeah. if you think about it, got voted out on a night where there was no vote, got sent with Tara the first time, so she got taken out the first time when there wasn't even supposed to be a vote. It was a last-minute thing. Yeah. Yeah. Second time, she got taken out by a super idol. Yeah. <laughs> she actually didn't get voted out properly at all. <laughs> like, Annalise is sitting down in the jury villa going, I didn't do anything wrong. Like, I've gone twice now and I, I haven't got it wrong either time. And that is why Survivor is the best lesson for life. Yes, it does. Because it teaches people. you there is no justice. Michelle won a car. Bad things happen to good people, good things happen to bad people. Michelle won a car. Um, Michelle won a car. Michelle won a car just sums up. You know, thumbs everything up. Nietzschean philosophy. Um, <laughs> That's what that is. What Nietzsche had in mind. You know, it's 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 actually if you read through and read like the first letter of every sentence of the first couple. <laughs> car, what a car! Michelle, what a car! I might be mixing it. It might be more. I don't know if I'm thinking of Nietzsche or Kierkegaard. Anyway, a, a really depressing philosophy. That's Michelle, what a car! Um, it is a very depressing philosophy. It, it's extremely depressing. So, but yeah, no, I think that. I actually think that Pete winning would have been the perfect, perfect summation of the whole series. Uh, <laughs> didn't do much. No one really knows what he stands for. Can't really identify what his gameplay is. No. That just would have summed up the whole series. You know how he works in marketing? Do you think he works for, like, political com- like gov- like government kind of marketing stuff? Possibly. I don't really know what they stand for. Doesn't really know what he's doing. I can, I can imagine he came up with that uh, campaign for South Australian tourism where they threatened to murder you. <laughs> <laughs> His last great idea was no, yeah, no. Actually, he wouldn't. Have, he wouldn't have been behind the no campaign. There's a definite reason why not. But <laughs> it's just weird. I mean, I don't get 
the gameplay this year, and we've talked about it a few times now, and you know, and, and everyone said the same thing, which is I can't work out the gameplay for the life of me because there's no rhyme or reason to it. I'm sick of hearing the words big moves because oh, everyone loves the big moves. There's only been one. There's only been one. It was the Henry move. Was the big move. Yeah. There hasn't yeah. been another big move since. But right. do, like, do we like? Are we in the point where we're kind of spoiled by reality shows? And I've made this point with Master Chef before that, like, in the beginning, you know, a crock and bush was like, holy fuck a duck. Who the hell's going to make that within this time period? And now it's kind of like if you can't pull that shit out when you're auditioning, then you just don't yeah. deserve to be there. Yeah. Have we been spoiled by American Survivor? So at the point we were looking at Australian Survivor, we're going, yeah, no. Nah. So what you're saying is have we been spoiled by a show done properly? Yes. <laughs> yes, we have. And when they're uh, in a dodgy manner, it's not. What I hated is, what I hate is that so much of this year's Survivor was not. Uh, it, it can be quite boring to hear people, t- you know, discuss in detail their strategy. But it's even more boring hearing people boast about how great their strategy is. There's so much time spent, as you say, with people saying, "I'm making the big moves." Oh, I'm in control. It's like just that's usually stop the being so going home happy with yourselves. Yeah, normally that's code for I'm leaving at the end of this episode. Yes, yeah. uh, <laughs> but it's yeah, they they can't. Subtlety of gameplay no longer exists. Yeah. And, and, and what, what frustrated, I think, this year, frustrated a lot of people on social media, I know for a fact, about Survivor this year was there were a lot of people, first of all, I put a lot of sound bites in and people without personality or idea. So you had a lot of people who were there for the sound bite they got in the commercial but were out within like three or four episodes. Yep. So those were the people they pushed and then they vanished. So they then didn't have those people and they hadn't spent any time making you care about anybody else on that island. Yeah. So you weren't invested after that. That was a problem. The other big problem with regards to the way they set the series up this year and the way people played it was they all played it as though they have watched it at home and thought, how should I do this? And they're playing another game that they've watched previously. Yes, exactly. I felt like Tara, for example, was trying to play Christie's game from last year. Yeah. And she wasn't as maniacal, though. No. She needed that kind of crazy, I, I might stab you. No, that's the thing. Christy was so, was so, she was such a natural nutcase. It was, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it was horrifying and beautiful in, in the same You legitimately same believe that if you didn't give her the money, she might make a skin suit. Yeah. So, of, you know, possibly out of herself. <laughs> she, probably, she probably did. We don't, we don't know what happened to everyone on that game last year. Where is Christy now? Oh, no, she's been around. Has she? She's been around. There's been, yeah, Half a million now. buys a lot of cadavers. <laughs> <laughs> you can invest in more. So, but I don't know. How do, how do you sum this season up uh, to, to sound like a jury member asking your question? It was just so long. Yep, that's it, probably the best. It's too, it's too long. Let, let, let's be honest about Australian Survivor. A lot of the issues that we have with it would actually be solved just by making it as short as the American Survivor. I think making it short and to the point would be good. I think because, also Channel 10 not working out how many nights they want to show it is also a bit of a problem. Yep, definitely. It's either two nights or it's three nights or it's two nights or it's what are we doing, guys? Can we just. Yeah. You got the feeling by the end of it, Channel 10 was just trying to burn through episodes. Yes. Um, and they were really just trying to get them out of the way. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens when CBS comes in and 
takes hold. I mean, it's a CBS property, so there's that. But I'll be interested to see what CBS do with it. Um, but yeah, I think long. It's just but um, there was this. There was just a lot of there was a lot of filler. There was sort of those little twists that seemed to serve no purpose except to elongate the show. There was some really um, creative editing with Ziggy apparently having been out all night searching for this super idol, yet she'd had a good night's sleep after returning to camp. Yeah, the, the Ziggy like, was out all night looking for the super. There's no chance Ziggy was out all night for the super idol. <laughs> there is such a thing as sleepwalking. And... <laughs> <laughs> but, like, they look, had look. They had the look. time Ziggy's supposed to have finished and, like, an hour and a bit later she's like, I've had a good several hours' worth of sleep after that. And I'm like... You, you can't. Yeah. Mathematically, that doesn't work. I don't. I don't like the de- the way you're doubting our Olympic heroes' abilities. <laughs> <laughs> no, I watched to play the game. I'm, I'm, um, I'm <laughs> more, my bets more on the cameraman just going, "Oh fuck this!" Like there are leeches. I'm fucking tired. I'm a, my uh, bets on there being several ziggies. <laughs> <laughs> they just got Michelle to like substitute for her for a bit. Well. Well, thank you for helping us out with the first half of the grand final extravaganza. It's been my pleasure, guys, anytime. So thank you very much. for Thank you very much for that, Ben. Now, thank you very much, Christy, as You're well. You're welcome. So in a moment, I mean, you, you will obviously hear seamless transitioning, mm. but what will happen very shortly is that you'll hear from Thomas and Hung, who will be coming on to discuss their views on it, and then a very special treat will go to the game show you all care about. That's right. We're going to cover the grand finale of Survivor Des. So you'll hear all that. And here we are in the second half of the Tiki Lounge Extravaganza. And we're here with Thomas. Hello. So we've, you know, uh, Christy and I spoke previously to Ben Pobgy about his take and, and he butchered a lot of people. Your turn. Um, <laughs> what the hell? I, that finale was, I don't know. How would you describe it? Uh, I, I have mixed feelings about the finale, if only because the right person won, so that adds like a veneer of, you know, solid polish and uh, respectability. But if you scratch beneath the surface, it's, it still is simply a table made of shit. <laughs> for me, there were, a couple of, there were a couple of things that made it not particularly good for me. The first thing was Jericho did everything in his power to lose that. yes. Yes. It's some of the worst defence of himself that I've ever seen. And as you pointed out um, when we were talking about it while the show was going on, Luke abandoned his question to defend Jericho. Yeah, I I maintain that. I reckon he had two good questions. He was going to do whatever he could to get Jericho the win. And so I reckon he probably had a couple of humdinger questions in there, one that would really needle Tara and one that would really give um, Jericho a, a home run hit. And at the end of the day, I think he's had to throw them both aside because he didn't even say anything to Tara, did he? He just sort of like propped her up and then said, oh, but I'm going to, and then moved over. Yeah. Just spoke about how good Jericho was and pretty much in a very gentlemanly way said, everything uh, I did, we did. So anything you thought I played a strategy is actually Jericho's strategy. It was really yeah. um, sort of self-sacrificing move. Yeah, he said, I've seen your game all the way along, no one else has, and I know what you did, and what you did was everything that I did. We did that together. Mm. And our moves got us where we were. 
So, again, he really did, yeah, he did sacrifice sort of the impression of his own game for the sake of making sure that Jericho got some support because Jericho just could not get that right. He was so focused on that jar of cookies. <laughs> As if that was going to win him again. That, that, that bloody jar of cookies, which everyone on the internet, reminded everyone on the internet how angry they were about the jar of cookies. Yeah, I'd, I'd forgotten, well, not forgotten, but I'd stopped saying anything about that for ages. Yeah, exactly. And then suddenly everyone's gone, oh, that's right. That's right. He broke the rules. Why is he there? It's just, yeah, it, 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 it was the wrong strategy, I think, for me because you explain what you did with the cookies, fine. When they say your best move, it wasn't the cookies. Like nobody gave a shit about the cookies. Yeah, it, 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 all it did was set up what he was. He, that theory about I had these human shields to protect me all the way. It, it wasn't like that. The perception from everyone else was more that he was just riding the coattails. What he needed to do was own Luke's game as his own game. Yep. That's what his main um, sort of selling point should have been. And then he needed to not just own the blood on his hands but put more on there with every single answer saying, yeah, Henry, you thought you are in charge and who got rid of you? Yeah, Luke, you thought you are in charge but I'm still here. Yes, um, you know, Michelle, you yeah. thought your big flip was the thing that changed the game? Well, look where you're sitting. Like, really just own it and put the finger into their chest. I think there were, there were a couple of, there were a couple of interest. I mean, the editing would be very fascinating to see. Yes. Because I don't think they showed all the questions being asked. I don't think they showed all the questions being answered. Um, I think there were a few people that, that were, were interesting. I thought that Jared was great. Yes. Um, Jared has been brilliant. Basically, the whole way after he got on the jury, Jared was spectacular. Um, the, his jury villa is still one of my favourite things. Yeah. I think I saw the whole series where he's having the one-man conversation around the pool. Yeah. Um, that's great. Or he's having his own challenge jumping from bed to bed around the pool. That was brilliant too. Um, <laughs> and his, his, his statement slash question was brilliant because, yeah. I mean, look, you didn't really need to be a genius to work out that, when he said, you know, I'm going to make my point tonight and I'm going to underline it, Jericho, you didn't need to be a genius to work out it was a bait and switch and he was going to underline Jericho's name. Yeah. yeah. That was pretty straightforward. But what I think it showed was, again, it was, as, as Henry said when he went to Jury Villa, game, respect, game. Yeah. And that was basically Jared going, you did all this and you did all this and I'm going to show you what goes around comes around. And what he meant was, you outplayed us. Yep. So Yeah, you know, nowhere in Jared's thing when he said, oh, I'm going to underline uh, who I vote for, did I think that's him saying he's voting Tara. What I expected it was he was sending a sign to Jericho that he's voted Jericho. Yep, exactly. And he did, and that was the one they showed at the end. The last vote they gave was the, the underlying vote of Jared. Yeah. Um, Henry as well. Now, I want to talk about Henry's one because, first of all, Henry's question was spectacular. It's up there amongst the best of any final tribal jury questioning episode I've ever seen. What I loved about Henry's question is it starts off and he defends Tara and he lets out this great description of Tara's game, a really good description of of what she was saying her game was, and he pushes it and what I felt that he was doing in the way he did that and then the way that he went at Jericho was what we were talking about before. Jericho was not taking any responsibility. 
He wasn't taking any credit. He wasn't talking himself up. What Henry basically did was talk Tara up, then have a go at Jericho and basically look at him as if to say, if you're going to win this, take some damn credit. Yeah. And made Jericho have to say, yes, I have your blood on my hands and I'm fine with that. Yeah. And the moment that he said that, he's fine. But Henry is the manipulator and Henry is this guy who can ask those questions. It was just so well done. Yeah, he clearly thought about it. I think he obviously spent all his time in the jury villa just thinking and thinking and thinking about this. And the producers knew what they had because they got him to go last. So the producers well and truly knew what they had in in Henry in that question because, yeah, last up was Henry. And and I thought that that was pretty fair too. Some of the other questions were a bit meh. Yeah, um, I, I thought um, Peter's questioning was pretty poor considering he was in the final three. Having said that, I thought Peter showed more personality walking up to ask his question than he did in the rest of the game. Uh, uh, yeah, there's uh, not much to be said about Peter that I think we haven't already said. Mm. I, I did. There was a part of me that really wanted him to get the idol, go through and win it because I thought it would just be the most appropriate winner of this series of Survivor. The yeah, guy who yeah. did absolutely nothing and sort of just found himself at the end getting voted for, even him going, I don't know how. Mm. I just, I'm just here. I woke up one morning. My game has been brilliant. Well, what has it been, Pete? Um, um, I lived. Um, yeah, I, I grew some facial hair. <laughs> I'm a man. Um, grrr. Rugged. Now, I, again, I, I part of me for chaos and, again, to reconfirm the way the series had gone, I really just wanted Pete to, to, to get to the end of it. But at the same, by the same token, no. Yeah. Um, and, and let's talk Tara for a minute because we need to talk Tara for a minute. Oh. Now, I thought that there were a few people on Twitter, and I, I mentioned this when I was talking, when we were talking to, to Ben Pop G the other night, um, there were a few people that defended the hell out of Tara and were like, she really deserved to be there. You know, you don't know what you're talking about. She got to the end by fighting. The internet's problem with Tara being in the final was that she was voted out and then got saved by a twist after being voted out. Yeah, remind me, was were the people aware that the persons they were voting for that night were getting kicked out of the game or going no. to the island. Yeah, they, no, they, they were weren't told. After they voted for Tara was when he said, but you're not going home, you're going off to Exile Island. Now you have to vote for someone else to go to Exile Island, which is where Annalise got voted out. Yeah. Thank and you. then, and I said, the person I did feel sorry for in this game was Annalise. Yeah. Because first of all, she gets voted for in a vote that didn't exist to be sent to Exile Island. So that's the first thing. The second thing that then happens to her is that Ziggy plays the super idol because in, oh, yeah. her own, in her own words, I didn't want to have a super idol and not play it. Makes so sense. played it and took out Annalise, which had absolutely no purpose to Ziggy's game whatsoever, um, which sums up so much of Ziggy's game. But I felt for Annalise because she got voted out twice, neither of which in reality was sort of there was nothing she could do about them. You know, they were, they were, one of them was a, a random second vote where everyone just yelled her name out while they were voting. Yeah. And the other one was a super idol for no real reason. And it actually ended up taking Ziggy out as well. Yeah. I think she was um, the next gone, wasn't she? Because that's what, well, that's, well, that was, that was the week after that 
was when Henry didn't play the idol. The week after that was when Ziggy did, and the one oh, after yeah, that yeah, when yeah. she went. So it was that whole thing about Ziggy just decided she had to play her idols or she didn't want to have them at the end, um, and the panic set in over Henry. But I felt for Annalise. I didn't feel for Tara. And then, you know, Tara, of course, who's lovable. No, don't even get me started. If, if her strategy of lovable and playing the social game was to alienate half the tribe within the first week, then God almighty, Luke must be a, a Mensa member. <laughs> Do we even know, by the way, I still don't actually know what, what um, barrel racing is. I, I assume it is akin to what happened in the middle Hobbit movie, <laughs> riding barrels down a river. And apparently you're after the golden buckle. Oh, the golden buckle. I looked up the golden buckle, by the way. There's no reference to it anywhere. I think she just invented it. So it's sort of like the yoga master Henry? Yeah, I think actually it was just like the yoga master Henry, but, you know, yeah, Henry, it's more believable that Zen Hen is Zen Hen than, than Tara. But people think I'm a mum, but you know what? I'm a barrel racer. And then by the end of the series, it was like, oh, I'm a mum. I'm a really good mum and I'm doing yeah. this for the kids. Where was all that character development earlier? She don't mind doing it for the kids. Um, as I believe, you know, the, the, the wordsmith of our day, Mr. Robert Williams once said with Kylie Minogue. Anyway, um, so overall as a series, how do we describe it? Oh, well, I, I want to say it was better than the last one. Because right now I can't remember anything other than the last one other than the Nutter one. Lee tries to sell me Holden cars and I think there was someone wearing a fedora. And Des. Oh, well, Des is his own man other yeah. than that. I mean, he just goes without saying. Des Survivor is superior to all survivors. We know this. This one, I got a feeling I'll remember longer. I, I mean, you remember the winner and that's Jericho. I'll remember Henry because I was so invested in him for once. Um, and Luke, I think I'll remember. Maybe, maybe Kent with the find the dickhead policy. <laughs> and then maybe AK with the Velcro wallet. No, the chicken idol. Chicken idol. Yeah, I think he had the Velcro wallet when he was voting out the magician. Was there a magician in the early parts? Um, let's. No, I mean, that was last year. Oh, God. Okay. Um, then whoever, whoever AK was voting out, he said he's. Probably still had a Velcro wallet. I'll remember that for a long time. Joan in her puzzle room. Yeah, I, I got a feeling there's a lot more memorable bits, but on the side, on the other the reverse side, the production and the editing was just so poor. The production and also the other thing you need to think about with it wasn't just the production and the editing as well. As we've talked about, yeah, you remember those little moments here and there, but they didn't pick actual personalities that you could get development from. They picked people you could remember little snippet moments from. Yeah, talking heads. Um, yeah, but the problem was that didn't develop into anything. Like they were trying to stir up Amy at the um, finale as being this memorable survivor character. And I'm like, no, she's a, a, a top chick, as you put it. That was, there was no character development. Yeah, like she was supposed to be this great threat from before the series even started. She was one of those talking heads. And I, I chucked out a tweet and said, who was the longest lasting talking head? And someone said Tara. And I said, okay, I, I granted she's probably a talking head. Uh, and I think Jericho was, Luke was. But other than those three, who was the talking head? They were all out before the merge. 
Yeah, exactly. They're all gone before the merge. And I think that was sort of one of the issues as well was that everyone who was a talking head was gone, way gone before merge. And then you were left with all these people that hadn't character developed. You know, I was joking around about the idea of all the women are all the same. But the main reason we were saying that was they hadn't developed any of their characters. Yeah, I, there was only one standout woman before the merge, and that was um, Tessa. Yeah, I thought that, again, and I thought that, again, speaking of people we felt sorry for, oh, yeah. I felt really bad because we, we haven't had a chance to, dis- to discuss it. The voting a jury member off, I hated that. Um, I really hated it. And the other dumb part was, and, and Henry actually said this, Jericho, I don't know what your gameplay's been. For example, Tessa basically told you that she thought you were the strongest person left in the game and you got rid of her. Yeah, the problem then becomes when Tessa was asked at the jury reunion thing, she said she was probably going to make a big spiel and a pitch for Tara. Yeah, I think she, well, she might have tried, but I, I don't think it would have swayed anybody in the end. No. But I also think that, you know, I, I, Jericho didn't get rid of her for that. Jericho was worried about Pete. Yeah. Which confused me. Um, like, again, Pete was trying to push that he had supporters on the jury. Pete didn't have support on that jury. No one was voting Pete. Pete. Like if Tessa had to choose between Pete and and Jericho, she would have picked, she would have picked Jericho and she would have easily, easily picked Jericho. So I, yeah, I look on one hand, there were moments that were more memorable. On the other hand, I left the series just feeling a lot more disappointed. Yeah. Um, I just felt disappointed with the way it went. Yeah, I thought they would have learned from mistakes from the previous series, tried to correct, not not made it the perfect series. Yes, no, they're not uh, at the standard of the American series so far. Yeah, they probably want to be different as well. Well, let's see. Um, and also let's, let's see what happens when, you know, CBS are then the network calling the shots. That's something I'm excited for because essentially they own it in America as well. I mean, Mark yeah. Burnett will, will do anything for them because they just let him do anything for them. And... There's probably a lot of stuff that they own, whether it's, um, you know, creative side or prop side or even intellectual property side that they can bring over and hopefully if they don't cull it as the rumours were, um, hopefully they can lift it just that next step that it needs to go. Well, when we were talking to Steve Malk last week um, and he was talking about production costs and talking about the fact that it's actually not as expensive to produce as you think it is. And the large reason for that is that they use this, they use everything immediately or around the same time the US series is using it. So they piggyback directly off the US production. So they use all the, the stuff, all the challenges are all over there from the US production, US production teams over there to help run them through things. Everything is set up from the US production and they're there at the same time with hotels and transport. And so costs are actually not as high. So it's far more likely to stay, and especially with CBS paying the cost anyway, it's far more likely to stay. So that in itself probably means we get another series of it. Um, What it does also mean, however, and this is what we're far more interested in, we're going to get another series of Survivor Dez. Thank God for that. Now, we need to talk about the grand final of Survivor Dez. Edge of the seat stuff. It was. It was edge of the seat stuff. I mean, they got they got Lapalia in to do the finale too, which I thought was a, a nice touch. Yeah. Because you know, Des has been working really hard um, this series, obviously talking to Des, 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 and Des, and 
and I thought that Lapalia just added a bit of a touch of of of, of something classy. Yeah. Um, and he still had the beard at this time as opposed to when he was in Sydney Harbour with the no facial hair and looking creepy. Um, <laughs> please, Anthony, just grow it back. Just leave it. Um, we just don't want you to leave the facial hair. So Survivor Des, what was your favourite moment? I think uh, when we got down to the final four Deses, and, and I don't think there's anyone uh, who could provide more insight to that than Des himself. So I won't try and piggyback off anything he may or may not have to say about yes. Final Four, but certainly the arm wrestling challenge. Oh, that challenge. And, again, as I said, he, he capitalised on the fact that, that Des was injured um, in, the, in the explosion that took place um, after the, the, the stealing of the fuel uh, from the trailblazer um, and, and, and the use of that fuel to start the fire. And, again, the three Deses that we lost were not lost in vain. Um, Des dedicating his victory to Des, Des and Des um, was touching. Yeah, very sort of respectful moment that was. Yeah. So I thought that what, what Des did in that arm wrestling challenge was wonderful and Des in the, in the votes at the end with Des, 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 Des and Des, that jury was just stacked and, and, and Des was going pretty well. Des was going pretty well pretty early on and I thought that Des was probably in with a really strong chance. I mean, Des was, was a good competitor. But it was just you just had that feeling that Des was going to get there. Yeah, he'd shown the intestinal fortitude to get right to the end. So, so what we need to do now is we need to first of all we need to duck over. We've we've spoken to um, the previously on Survivor guys, and they've been able to give us their view on on what their favourite um, moment of Survivor Des was. So, guys, just over to you briefly. Guys, we've been asked to talk about our favourite Survivor mm. Des moment. Oh. So many to choose from. So many. But for me, it was the family visit oh. when Des visited and was visited by Des. Oh, so beautiful. And little baby Des. Little baby Des little coming baby out. Des. I just really, like, I, I never thought I'd see Des cry. Oh. And then there was Des crying and then Des was hugging Des and Des was crying. It was just beautiful. It was amazing. It was when baby Des started walking down the beach, fell over, got oh. up, kept walking. Very cute. I mean, just Des starts crying. Des. Yeah. That was it. There was nothing that really could top that. No, I don't know. For me, my favourite Des moment still, need I say more, chicken nuggets. Oh, beautiful moment. Especially, chicken. I mean, Des was so pissed when Des <laughs> ate all the nuggets. Chicken nugs. <laughs> Everyone Classic loves a chicken nub, especially Des. <laughs> Survivor Des season two, can't wait. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that was that pretty much says it all. I mean, the, the nuggets in particular. I mean, who didn't love the nugget challenge? Oh, um, the nugget challenge. And the fact that Des was just so sure there was an immunity clue just hidden in a nugget. And the way he just hit them, you know, he just went for broke on those nuggets. I've never so, seen a man do that. So, I mean, there's only other one way we can go about this. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to throw now to me. And we have a real treat for you, ladies and gentlemen. The winner of Survivor Des, the game you've all been listening to, the game you've all been watching, the game you love. Des, how are we? Yeah, I, I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm really glad to be off that other side of that bloody island, mate. I'm, I'm glad to be back in the game and, you know, showing everybody really what Des is made of, eh? Well, we're thrilled. We're thrilled that you won. Now, tell me, when, when you got down to the last four, how did you work out who you wanted to eliminate and, and why? Yeah, look, I, I thought that was tough. There was some really strong, strong Deses in the final four. Yep. Um. I, I, I sort of got a feeling that maybe one of the Dezes was was uh, uh, more of a cat person than dog person. So 
I thought uh, I would uh, I would uh, target in on them and just find out what they really thought of you know uh, Des like as the the strategy sort of person or Des as a physical threat, and I pretty quickly worked out. No, they were a cat lover. They were the biggest threat. I think I had to get rid of them. So, you know, there's the cat lover. Like, I thought, nah, they're, they're gone. I don't want to go up against them in the final three. No, they're really hard to beat. <clears throat> oh, absolutely. You don't know how many cat lovers are out there in the bloody real world. So, you know, like, I wanted to give Des the strongest opportunity to, you know, to get to the end, and I thought that might have been... That might have been the right questions to ask. Well, it worked really well for you because then it was down to Des, Des, and of course you, and and the arm wrestling challenge. Now you, you must have fancied yourself going in, especially since Des got that injury really early on. Yeah, well, I I, I was really starting to think that Des maybe had played to his strengths early in the game, sitting around doing nothing like Kung Fu Panda, because that really like saved his bicep strength. And uh, I, I thought Des was probably a good chance to beat Des and Des in the arm wrestling coming towards the end. Um, yeah, because he'd done bloody nothing for, you know, the first three episodes. So, yeah, I, I was pretty happy with that arm wrestling. I, I was just hoping that there was either going to be yard glass sculling or arm wrestling, and, and I'm glad they threw the arm wrestling at that stage because I was feeling pretty confident. Well, I mean, I don't know how the yard glass would have gone at the end there. I mean, probably early on as a challenge, it would have been ready, but towards the end, probably a bit wary. Might have been a bit of it. Might have been a bit of an issue. But thankfully for you, I mean, Des suffered that horrible injury before we before you started, as we said, the bicep injury, which was a result of the fire. Um, and the good news is the fire's out, so uh, all the people can like rest easily on that one. Um, it was a nasty, nasty incident, but glad the fire's out. And that left you and Des. Now, how do you strategize for a final tribal when you've got Des on the other side of it? I mean, it's tricky. Oh, look, it definitely was. He, I, I thought he's going to be real hard to beat, physical threat, good-looking old rooster. You know, maybe the jury are going to like him more than they like Des. Um, but... I, I think I'd built solid social alliances by, uh, like I said, lying around doing nothing and just being the goat. I know there's a lot of goat this year. Lots of goats. I'm not sure if I was a bit of a goat, a bit of a goat or a bit of a sheep, but, yeah, going in in that last tribal against Des, I thought, no, he's overplayed his hand. He's, he's a bit like a he's a bit like a show-off. I can just show that, you know, my underlying strategy was to get me and Des to the end and... And, yeah, I thought I had a fair chance of beating him. And, and you know, I, I was reasonably confident. Well, the interesting part for me was that, I mean, the, the twist they threw in towards the end where when Tessa got voted out of the jury on the other side of the island, that Des actually won the right to get five minutes of strategy time with Tessa. I thought that that threw a loop and made it potentially hard for you, but the jury seemed to not go for that. Why do you reckon the jury didn't like it? Um... Well, I think because Tess Des was really playing an under-the-radar game, she was she was like my secret alliance partner all the way through, and that winning that reward of being able to like strategize with Tess Des uh, really gave me an insight into the uh, into the other players that were were there, so that I could feel to you know their their real 
their real thoughts on why Dez should beat Dez and and what kind of tactics I had to do. Yeah, like, I, I, I know I come across as, you know, just like, oh, just Dez the coaster or Dez the floater. But, but I thought the other Dez overplayed his hand significantly in, you know, winning a few of those puzzles and, 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 and the uh, physical challenges. So, yeah, I was pretty common. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that I don't know. Yeah, the other Des just seemed Des just seemed like he was he was trying too hard. And I think that the jury, especially when you look at the makeup of that jury, I mean, you had Des, 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 and Des, and now they wouldn't have appreciated that. Whereas Des, 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 and Des might have. And I thought that that meant that you clearly had the numbers in that final tribal. Um, clearly. Well, look. Admit after the after the first tribal council way back in the early day where where you know obviously Des was a favourite got seven votes yeah and Jonathan and Jonathan Lapaglia said to me oh Des I, I knew then that I was like going to be a pretty hot shot at, at getting to the end and beating Des that's a great I mean and again it was it was just this moment of of, of sheer. I don't think someone said a joy. I think it was just relief and you know just a calm confidence that you had at at, at tribal when they announced you know the winner of Survivor Des is Des. I mean, what's that moment feel like? Well, look, I, I didn't tell you this, but the, the Des I was up against won the Trailblazer, mate. So I was pretty confident the car curse would come in, and you know, like it, it's been there for however many years. So. Yeah, I, I just, like, went to bed at night thinking, carcass, carcass, I am going to win, I am going to win. And, and you know, the gods were with me, and I beat Dez. Well, I think they just figured that maybe, you know, Dez getting the trailblazer meant that, that Dez had already got enough, and it was time for Dez to be rewarded. So, I mean, it was a worthy winner. But, I mean, at the end, what do you think your best move in the whole game was? Uh, listen, my best move was obviously the, the ticket nugget reward. Oh, yeah. I just, I just made sure that the other Dezers didn't get any chicken nuggets. I, uh, I basically went in for the lot because I knew there was an idle clue buried inside a chicken nugget, and I thought, bugger that, I'm not going to let any other Dezers, uh, like, swallow my idle clue. So um, even though there wasn't one there because uh, I was a challenged beast, but, yeah, I think the best move was scoffing all the chicken nuggets. Mate. I think that's that's probably something that I think a lot of a lot of people, when they're thinking about Survivor Des next year, need to learn from, is this idea of, of you know, always just go hard at a challenge, whether it, whether it be yard glasses or arm wrestling or chicken nuggets. I think that they just need to learn, you know, to go hard at every challenge and not go hard in the meantime. Just go and sit down because I think that that plays into it, into your strengths. Well, absolutely. Like, I wasn't going to eat all the chicken nuggets, but in the previous episode, I'd snuck over from the other side of the island and drained the tank of the trailblazer, and yeah. I had to eat something to get that fuel taste out of my mouth. Well, it's a lot of... And also, there was a lot of effort to get to that trailblazer. Oh, absolutely there was. It was like the leopard crawl underneath cargo nets... I was I was a bit worried that Des might beat me there, but uh, yeah, he wasn't too agile. He's a bit of a fat old bloke, so yeah, I'm, I managed to sneak up the outside and get to that trailblazer first. I'm pretty happy with that. Like, 
one of my proudest moments. I think my family were cheering from home going, go Dez, go Dez. And I think yeah. and I think it showed. I mean, look, as we said, Dez didn't quite get to the trailblazer before you did and, and, and I mean, obviously got caught up in the fire, but that's the game. And, you know, if, 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 if you can't get out of the way of the fire, then the fire's going to deal with you. So, unfortunately for Dez, you know, that's where his game ended. Yeah, no, look, you... You, you, you've been watching this show for a few years, so you can see where you know Des made a mistake there for sure. Oh, it was a it was a rookie error, and I, I look. I think if he had his time over again, he'd definitely do things differently on that regard. Now, for for people who might be interested in in, in Survivor Des in the future, what advice can you give them about taking on the challenge that is Survivor Des? Um, I think you need to you know forget all this uh, CrossFit and uh, you know like. Uh, get your mind into the strategy kind of thing. What you really got to do is you got to tub up. You got to like get a, get a bit of weight on before you go out there. Uh, think a lot about the social game early. Like they say they reward floaters, um, but I think you just got to be jack on your tribe at the beginning of the game because there's a lot of hate comes out there and, you know, as you know, hate forms relationships. So there was, I think on my tribe, there was like three or four people that hated Des and then on the other side was another three or four people that hated Des. So you've got to be able to, like, play them Des haters off against each other and, and I think you'll go far. So that would be my advice, you know, make sure you tub up. Uh, don't play the flow to game. Be, be really obnoxious to start with because that's the early game strategy that worked for me. Yeah, exactly. I mean, don't, don't build shelters early because, you know, that's giving it all away. Don't give it away. You know, you yeah, do well, that. like, um, you know, do you want to play against dry, strong dares or do you want to play against, you know, rained on, tired, sad dares? I know which dares I want to play against. Exactly, and I think that that, that kind of is the message that, that everyone needs to take to heart here is that there is a lot of strategy involved, and you have proven this season to be the master strategist. So congratulations, Des, on your fantastic win in Survivor Des. Um, we really hope to see a hell of a lot more out of you in, in maybe the next series of Survivor Des. Yeah, well, listen, I understand that uh, the next series is Des All-Stars. Um, yeah, we're looking at Des All-Stars. I think Des All-Stars might be the next one. I'm just a bit concerned because there was some strong Deses this year. Well, it'll be interesting uh, to see what happens. You know, yeah, look, as the winner, I'm sure I'll be invited back. I mean, uh, every person that's uh, ever been at the top of the pile in Survivor has been invited back, except maybe some floaters or something. I don't know. Um, but obviously Des wasn't a floater. No, no, Des wasn't a floater. No. Des was a champion. Thanks a lot, Des. Greatly appreciate it. No problem. I'll just stay on the other side of Samoa for another 12 months for the next series, mate. Off you go, Des. Thanks a lot. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Winner of Survivor Des. Now, now the good news, and there's good news and bad news. The bad news is we're not sure necessarily if Tiki Lounge will be back for another series of Survivor. We haven't made that call yet. The good news. Survivor Des All-Stars. We are 100% in. I'm in on the All-Stars. So what you are going to hear from us, we can guarantee you, is Survivor Des All-Stars. We will be, we can, I think we can say this pretty certainly, we are the exclusive rights holder to Survivor Des All-Stars. Outside of Des himself. Outside of Des himself. Now, that includes TV. Yeah. Um, so we're going to have to watch it for you and then tell you what happens. Um, but just rest assured, Survivor Des All-Stars, we are proud to be the official partner of Survivor Des All-Stars. 
We are proud to be the official media partner of Survivor Dares All-Stars. And, and we are going to bring to you the best quality coverage that Survivor Dares All-Stars could ever possibly hope. I mean, what do you reckon, Thomas? Uh, it won't just be the best compared to everything that's come before. It's the best going forward, the absolute best, big league best. <laughs> I think that Jeff Probst is going to be listening and just sort of following our lead. Yeah, I tell you what, if CBS takes over, they're just going to be flogging off our idea. I think so. I think so. So we don't know about Survivor for next season because, let's face it, Channel 10 doesn't know about Survivor for next season. Um, We'll make a call closer to the time. Um, Also, but Survivor Dares, we can pretty much guarantee we are your exclusive Survivor Dares partner. Um, And with that in mind, thank you, Thomas. Thank you, Chris. Um, thank you, of course, obviously to Alice. Thank you, of course, to Christy. Also, thank you to Steve Malk and, and thank you to Eloise Pranoff, obviously, for coming in and, and helping us out with an episode. Thank you as well to Ben Pobsey for coming on and helping us out with an episode. We've really appreciated your support. It is you out there that have helped make us the fifth most popular Survivor Australia podcast, and we genuinely appreciate your support. So with that in mind, we sign off from the Tiki Lounge. Goodbye.